I'm in debt. I have two car payments, four years into a 30-year mortgage, balances on a couple credit cards, plus college for three kids on the horizon, zero savings. I work long hours at a job that I hate, and despite all that, all I get is stress about how I can make more money. I take four pills at night from my back pain. Some days, getting up seems like too much. I struggle with dyslexia. I have high cholesterol. I overeat a little too often. I'm trying to get in shape, but it's never, I mean never enough. My dad died five years ago from cancer. I should have seen him more before he passed. Man, I miss him so much. Everyone expects me to be over it, but it's something that I still deal with daily. I haven't taken my wife on a date in four months. I practically forgot our anniversary. My kids need me when I get home, but it's late. I want to sleep. I spend my weekends at their functions, as if that's enough. All this, and I still resent my family because I have no time just for me. I can be amazingly selfish. I'm often angry, seemingly for no reason. I struggle with lustful thoughts, none of which my wife understands. Nor do I, for that matter. I'm good at some things. I'm great at nothing. I had dreams for my work and my family, and I abandoned them long ago. I think I'm a realist, and I come off as a pessimist. I feel restless, knowing something is missing. I have too many burdens. They're suffocating. And this is the weight I carry. How many of us carry a lot of weight, unnecessary weight with us? And a lot of times, the way we carry, the way of adversities that we carry, it's uh, the result of a bad choice. We made the wrong choice, we made a bad choice, and it results in adversities in our lives. So we're in this series on adversity, and this is our fourth week. And in our fourth week on adversity, we're going we're gonna to talk about... We, we went through a few questions. We went through questions as, what is adversity was one of our questions. And not just what is adversity, but also what is the purpose of adversity, and where does adversity come from, and how do we react to adversity. So let, let me remind you that in the, the, the second question, the, 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 where does adversity comes from, we also mentioned that adversity comes from three different places. Three different places. One of them is adversity comes from God. Adversity comes from God with the purpose of God strengthening your faith. God wants to make you stronger. God wants to shape you into the person He wants you to be. So He brings adversity into your life with the purpose of transforming your life. That is what adversity is. It's the process of transformation. Anytime you have an adversity, anytime you're going through a problem, believe me, God wants to do something in your heart through that adversity, through that problem. He wants to transform something in you. The way we respond has a lot to do where we are spiritually. If we are mature, if we are spiritually understanding, we understand that God wants to do something in our lives, that He wants to grow us, He wants to mature us, then we will respond in a positive way to understanding, to, to adversity, because we will respond with understanding. But when we talk about 
the reason, uh, the, the, the other reason that we go through adversity, it's also because we live in a world, we live surrounded by things and situations that bring adversity in our lives just because we're living in a fallen world, we're living in a sinful world that a lot of times creates situations where we struggle and we have adversity. Adverse times come against us. Uh, but there is one, one main reason why a lot of times we as human beings go through adversity. And one of those main reasons is because we make a bad decision. And when we make bad decisions, a lot of times when we're making that decision, we're not thinking, how is that decision going to affect me later on? Oh, how is that decision going to affect me, my walk with the Lord? And how is that decision going to affect others who are around me? So a lot of times, adversity comes to our lives because we bring our own storm into our lives. And so today, we are going to talk about that specific question. That, that question about where does adversity comes from, and it comes from choices that I make, or wrong choices that I make. So that's why I titled this morning's sermon, In Trouble by Choice. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that sometimes you're in trouble by your own choice? I don't think we think a lot about that. But Jonah is a good example. It's a good example of what happened to a person when a person makes the wrong choice and the adversities and the storms he brings to his own life. And that is exactly what we go through a lot of times in life. So, because we have two chapters to cover, we're not going to talk much more about anything else, but we're going to jump into Jonah chapter 1 and chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, open up Jonah in chapter 1, and then we're going to look at chapter 2. But if you don't have a Bible, the verses will be displayed on the screen. And also you have, a, uh, you have an outline in your hands or in the middle of your bulletins. You can find it there. If you don't have one, please uh, raise your hand and one of our ushers will give you one. Or just you can get one back there too where the ushers are. So when we bring storms... We bring storms into our own lives. A lot of times, we don't like to accept the fact that we brought that storm to our own life. And so, a few observations that I was doing in the book of Jonah this week when it comes to that, uh, to that subject, is that when, a lot of times, the first mistake, the first step, the first step towards my own storm, is when I have a clear command... From God, and I do not listen to the clear command from God, or I don't pay attention, or I don't, I just want to ignore that command. There are commands that come from God. Just in the New Testament, I was doing a research this, uh, this week, and in the New Testament, it varies. Different people say different things. So one, uh, you know, uh, one, one of the commentators was saying that there is a thousand and fifty Direct commands from God just in the New Testament. A thousand and fifty. So that was, I thought that was a whole lot of commands. But um, another commentator was saying it's 634. And I thought, you know, where there is 650 or 634, that's not the point. The point is when God gives a command... God gives a clear command. He is crystal clear all the time in the Scriptures. 
And the first step that we take towards a storm is when we ignore God's clear commands. A lot of times we want to walk in life according to our own desires. But we don't want to experience the consequence of the result of walking according to our own desires. And when God gives a clear command, God is expecting us to listen to that clear command and to do according to the command He has given us. God has given a clear command to Jonah. Jonah brought the storm to his life because even though God had given him a clear command, he still didn't listen to that command, but he wanted to listen to his own desires. And there's nothing worse in, in, a, in a person's life than when you don't listen to God, but when you listen to your own desires, to your own feelings, because your own feelings will betray you, but the Word of God won't. The Word of God will tell you exactly what you need to do every step of the day in your life. So there was a clear command. That's the first observation we can make here. And, and, and look at Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. Jonah 1 1. It says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. And this is what the message was. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. That, I mean, can, can we get it clearer than that? No, get up and go. It's a command. And announce my judgment against that city because I have seen how wicked it's the people in that city. I mean, the Ninevites, they, they, were, they were so wicked. They, they, were, they would torture their, their enemies in a way that we couldn't even imagine. They were really bad people. They were people who didn't care. They just didn't care how they treated their other people or their enemies. They were so cruel. They were one of the cruelest societies at that time. And so God said, Jonah, I want you to get up. I'm giving you a clear command. Do this. I'm not asking Jonah for your opinion. Because a lot of times what we do is we do what Jonah did. It's kind of like, God, well, that's... Uh, yeah, you're telling me to do this, but my opinion is... A lot of times we find ourselves giving God our opinion. And, and, and let, me, let me be honest with you, with all due respect, God doesn't care about our opinion. When He gives a command, He gives a command, period. And a lot of times He's like, well, but, but I think... Do you think, do you think God is, is on democracy? No, God is on theocracy. The difference between democracy and theocracy is that when the people of Israel choose to go on democracy... They made a big mistake. So they wanted a king according to their own desires, right? And because they wanted a king according to their own desires, they all wanted to have a saying in it. And God said, oh, that's what you want? And so He gave them a king. Before the first king, who was the king of Israel? Before the first human king, who was the king of Israel? It was God. And guess what it was called? It wasn't called democracy. It was called theocracy. Theocracy comes from the word theo, the, theos, that comes from the word in Greek, God. So God rule. And when God, it, when it's theocracy in your life, it means God rules your life. God gives you a command, and if He's ruling your life, you are supposed to listen to the clear command and do according to what He's telling you to do. And the Bible, all over the place, the Bible tells us that when you listen to God's command, you, you, you are in for a blessing. 
If you do according to what He's telling you, you are in for a blessing. But if you do, uh, if you do the contrary to His commands, you will also pay the consequence to that. And that is exactly where Jonah was at. He was receiving a clear command, and instead of doing what he was being told to do, he did completely the opposite. But let me give you a couple of examples out of whether it's a thousand and fifty commands in the New Testament, or whether it's six hundred and... 34 commands. Let me give you just an example. Remember, this is an example of two commands. God gives clear commands. That's verse 1 in Jonah. First command that I want to give you an example. The Bible says, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 1. This is what the command is. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So, but what this verse is basically saying is, Paul says, you know, if you find that somebody has, a, has made a mistake, has sinned, has, has a fault, and you see this person making that mistake, falling into that sin, if you are spiritual, you are command to go to that person and try to restore that person. But he says right here, do it gently and humbly. Why is Paul saying, do it in a nice way? Correct the person in a nice way. Correct the person in a gentle and a humble way, because maybe later on you will fall into the same sin. And you would want people to do the same thing to you. You wouldn't want people to treat you in a bad way when they're trying to correct you. And so that is the command. But if we come to reality, is that the way we as human beings handle things when we find that somebody is making a mistake? No, that's not the way we do it. For the most part, the majority of people don't go to that person in a nice way. We usually come and we come aggressive and we, we don't just come aggressive, but we come with our own intent, like feeling like if we're better than that. And a lot of times, God is saying, this is the way you should follow the command. And so a lot of times we have clear commands that we don't follow because we rather to follow according to our own fleshly desires. And so that is an example of that. But what happens when instead of going to that person, a lot of times... We go to this person and to this person and to this person and to this person. We go through several people and we're always saying, you know, we're just asking for an advice. And you don't go talk to the person according to the God's command. And if you don't go talk to that person, you're not following that God's command the way you should. And what happened is now you created a bigger mess that's going to create a storm for you and for that person. Because as Jonah, we don't follow a direct command. But let me, let me show you another verse on, that same, on the same line. Matthew 18. Matthew 18 says, If another believer sins against you, this is what you're supposed to do. Go publicly. Is that what it says there? How does it say there? What does it say there? Privately, What is the reason why God wants you to go privately if somebody sins against you? What do you think is the reason to that? There is a purpose. God's desire is to restore people. God's desire is not to destroy, but to restore. 
So the command is clear. But a lot of times we don't follow clear commands. Let me give you a second example. A second example to a clear command, for example, is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, all the way through 18. In verse 14, 1 Corinthians, Paul says, and, and, and this, this is something I see very often among Christians. Especially when Christians get older and, and they haven't found the person who they want to marry with. And, and, and if they haven't found a person, they just take whatever comes their way. Hey, Pastor, if I don't do it, oh man, I've been, I'm, I'm going to be left. You know, I got to do this. I got to get married. And, and so, but the Bible clearly says, you know, do not be joked together with unbelievers. So clearer not, than that, we cannot get it. So God basically says, do not, and, and the reason for that, He says, because for what righteous, uh, righteousness and wickedness have in common? What, what do they have in common? What, else fellowship can, uh, what fellowship can the light and the darkness have? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does believer have in common with an unbeliever? So a lot of times, people see the clear command, and when you see the clear command, instead of doing according things, according to that clear command, you know, we make our own decisions. And a lot of people have married a lot of times non-believers. And a lot of times they marry non-believers. And I've done this when I've done uh, pre- premarital counseling many times in, in my 27 years of ministry. I found people saying, you know what, I just know, Pastor, he's going to come to know Christ eventually. And eventually, she comes back to the office and saying, Pastor, I'm living, I'm living hell in my home. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with abuse. I'm struggling with physical abuse. I'm struggling with mental abuse. I'm struggling with a lot of things that are going on at home. And then you go back and sometimes you just want to say, well, you knew what you were getting into. You knew you were not following God's commands God's commands are very clear in how to make decisions and how to handle things and so Jonah had a clear command Jonah had such a clear command but at the same time he didn't want to do what God was telling him and so he brought his own storm for not following God's command he brought his own storm in, and that's a second observation we can make there you know a, a bad decision that's what Jonah did. A bad decision, Jonah ignored God's command. So, jo- God was clearing His command, number one. Number two, Jonah has a choice. And the choice Jonah had was, do I obey or do I disobey? Well, Jonah made a bad decision. He ignored God's command. Anytime you ignore God, anytime you ignore God, things are not going to go well. And a lot of times people tell you, well, you got to listen to your heart. Well, yeah, listen to your heart. The Bible says your heart is deceiving. Because a lot of times when we listen to our heart, we're not listening to God. Our heart wants what our heart wants, not what necessarily God wants. And so a lot of times we ignore God's command and we, we, we listen to our, ourselves, to, our uh, you know, to our own desires. So this is what happened. In verse 3, it says that Jonah got up and went the opposite direction than God had told him. Have you ever gone the opposite direction of what God had told you? 
Have you ever read the Bible and say, well, you know what, I know this is what the Bible says, but there's always a pelo en la sopa. There's always a hair in the soup, right? There's always one. It's like, but, so God is telling you to go to Nineveh. And what Jonah did is, he went the opposite direction. And a lot of times, we're expecting God's blessing in our lives, but we're going the opposite direction than what God is showing us the way. God is telling us clearly where to go, and we're like, no, I'm going the other way. And we're trying to fight against God's will in our life. And all we're doing is, as the more you fight God's will in your life, the more you're going towards the storm. You're looking for the storm in your life because you're going against the opposite way of the opposite direction of what God wants you to go. And, and, and then he goes, um, then it says right here, to go, to get away from the Lord, he went down to the port of Hopa where he found a ship living to Tarsus. Now I want to show you something really cool. Look at this map. I don't know if you've ever seen a map of uh, where, uh, you know, the cold Jonah got. In this map, where point A is where Jonah was. So it was so close. It was just, he was just supposed to go up north, north, uh, northeast, and he would be in Nineveh and be preaching the gospel and share with these people that they needed to repent, otherwise God's judgment was going to come upon them. But instead of going there, he wanted to take that ship and come all the way to Spain. Look at how far away he wanted to get to. And so, it's interesting that when Jonah wants to do this, he wants to get away from the Lord. You know, he's disobeying the Lord. But he feels that doors are opening. It must be God's way. It must be God's will. A lot of times we think that when a door is open, it's God's will. A lot of times it's not. If you're in disobedience, do not believe that doors that are opening is God's will. Because you're in disobedience. And that's the case with Jonah. Jonah thought, you know what, it must be God who's, who, who's, who's allowing me to do all this. And it's like, no, it wasn't God. Because also the devil can open doors, or the devil can put things in your life where you're like, oh, you know what, everything it seems like, everything seems like, no. You're disobeying God. You're going to completely the opposite way where God was asking you to go. And so he went down and he wanted to get so far away knowing that Jonah was a prophet. He knew he couldn't get away from God. But he was trying anyway because a lot of times when we are going against God's Word, even though we know God's Word, we are blinded ourselves. We are blinded. By our own pride. We are blinded by our own, our own arrogance. Our arrogance won't allow us to see that no matter where I go, God is there. And that's what was going on in Jonah's life. It's interesting. But I want you to see in, in verse 4. That a bad decision will usually bring a storm in your life. You know, the, 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 the problem I found with, and that's point number four. Let's move forward on the sliding, on the slides. Um, the, 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 the one thing that I found interesting is that a lot of times when we make a bad decision, and because of that bad decision, we go into the storm, we always try to find others to blame. 
and not take responsibility for that. But we bring the storm to our lives. And a lot of times when we bring the storm to our lives, instead of asking God for forgiveness, God is a God of second chances. He is more willing to forgive us than we are to go ask for forgiveness. He is ready to forgive us. But instead of doing that, a lot of times we keep on going to the storm because our pride gets the best of us. And so a bad decision will usually bring a storm in your life. Look at verse 4. So he was trying to go away from the Lord. And in verse 4 it says, But the Lord huddled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So it was God who brought the storm because Jonah asked for it. Did he ask for, uh, you know, did he, did he say, oh, bring the storm? No, he didn't ask for it like that, but he asked for it with his behavior. And a lot of times we might say, no, I never asked God for that. But the way we behave says a lot more than what we say with our mouths sometimes. And you know, when you make a bad decision and it affects you, I guess we deserve it. We made that decision. Don't we? If I made a bad decision, I deserve the consequence. I have, I have gone through consequences like you have no idea. I have paid the consequence of my bad decisions. I have hurt myself many times because of my bad decisions. It will be fine if we won't only affect us. But number four, my storm will affect others too. So my bad decision doesn't just bring a storm on me, but it brings a storm also or the effects of the storm over those that are close to me. When I make a bad decision, it doesn't affect me only. It affects other people that are close to me. It affects my family. It affects my friends. It affects the circle closest to me. Uh, look, look at what happened here. Fearing for their lives. Th- these guys, the sailors were, were, were scared. What's going on? These guys were sailors. They knew. They knew about storms in, 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 in sea. But at this point, they were so scared because this is a different type of storm. They were so scared, they were fearing for their lives. The the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help. They were unbelievers too. And here is Jonah doing the opposite of what God was telling him after God gave him a clear command. He says, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. So now Jonah is bringing a storm to his life. He's paying the consequence of his bad decision. And so when, when they threw all the cargo overboard and they lined the ship because they thought maybe that's going to help. But all this time, Jonah, guess where Jonah was? He was sleeping. And a lot, of time, a lot of times people are paying the consequence of our bad mistakes, of our bad decisions, while we're so cool and relaxed, like if nothing happened. Jonah was sleep down in the hole. So the captain went down after him, and, and, and the captain confronted Jonah at that point. 
You know, one of the things that we have a tough time doing when somebody's making a bad decision, and maybe we even pay consequence of that person's bad decision, is the one thing we have a tough time doing in, in, our, in our generation, in our society, is to confront people. A lot of times you have to confront people the way Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says. You've got to do it in love. But you've got to confront the situation. And so this guy came over to Jonah and says, How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, Get up and pray to your God. He didn't know who this guy was. He didn't know who Jonah's, Jonah's God was. He didn't know who Jonah was. And so get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Because your bad decision will give a bad testimony to others. Be careful with the decisions you make in life. Every day, every day in our lives, we have to make decisions. But a lot of times, we just make a decision out of whatever we feel without thinking, how is this going to affect other people? Is this going to hurt other people? Is this going to hurt my family? Is this going to hurt my church? Is this going to hurt my place of work? He, he wasn't thinking about anybody else. He wasn't thinking the storm was also going to affect these other people. And it's because your bad decisions will give a bad testimony to others. L- look at this. Um, verse 7. Then the crew cast lots uh, to see which of them had offended the gods. They were idolaters. They, they had a lot of gods. And who had caused the storm? When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the, the person in fault. It's Jonah's fault. Why has this awful storm come down to us? They asked him. They demanded the answer from him. Why is this happening to us? Who are you? What is your line of work? Well, I'm a prophet. Who are you? I'm a Hebrew. I serve the God, uh, the God who created heavens, the earth, and the sea. So now you're going through the storm in the sea. That's the God I serve. So, by the way, I'm disobeying my God, and that's why this storm is happening. What kind of testimony did Jonah have at that moment? I mean, this is the kind of testimony. Look at verse 10. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. For he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. And then they asked him, Oh, why did you do it? Why did you do this? Why did you make this bad decision that is causing the storm, that is not just affecting you, but now it's affecting all of us? So adversity comes to our lives a lot of times by our own choice. And that's why we got to be careful when we make decisions in life. Because a lot of times we pull that adversity towards us. We do that ourselves. And this guy was like, why did you do it? Why did you do it the wrong way, Jonah? So, observation number five. I want you to see how Jonah responds to this. This is interesting. Because the way Jonah responds to this shows his pride. Have you ever, have you ever talked to a person who's out of pride, made a decision that it was a bad decision, but instead of saying, I'm sorry, 
or forgive me? They'll, they'll dig their heels in and say, you know, they, they usually say like that little kid. That, remember that little kid that, that, that her, his mom was telling him, sit down. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. And he wouldn't sit down, right? But eventually she spanked him and she finally sat down. Well, I'm sitting down, but in the inside I'm standing. It's like, really, dude? So you dig your heels. Instead of asking for forgiveness and repenting, Jonah said, look, look at this. If there's no repentance, when we're making bad decisions and we're going through the storm, the storm is not going to come down. Guess what's going to happen? The storm is just going to get worse. You, you want the storm to get worse? I don't know if you're in the middle of the storm right now. But if you don't repent because you... If you're in a storm because you made a bad decision and you don't ask God for forgiveness, it, only, it, it will only get worse. I can promise you that. As a matter of fact, I'll pray that it'll get worse. Guess why? So you can repent and have a good relationship with God. And since the storm was getting worse... So it began as a storm. Now it might be in a small hurricane. It was getting worse all the time. They asked him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? I mean, th these guys are even asking his opinion. If I was in that, in that ship, I wouldn't be asking him, hey, it's your fault. Get out. Jump out. So either sink or swim, right? Sink with your sin. Sink with your pride. Because a lot of times we rather sink with our pride than to swim to shore and obey God. Many times we find ourselves sinking. And you sink d deeper and deeper and deeper. And the deeper you're sinking is like, it's okay. Just like Jonah. Throw me into the sea, he said in verse 12. Look at that. It's like, dude, really? You're sinking. You're, you, do you know what you're asking for? A lot of times we don't know what we're asking for. That's the problem. A lot of times we just have no idea what we're asking for. And our pride is more important to us than to say, Lord, you gave me a clear command and I did the opposite. Now I'm going through this. Please forgive me. I want to get better. I want to do things in a better way. Lord, but it's got it's to start with for asking for forgiveness. No, he said, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. So he knew what, the, he knew what needed to be done. He knew that the Lord was going to stop the storm. He knew it. But his pride was so big. And he goes, he says, I know That this, this, that this terrible storm, it's all my fault. So a lot of times we might say, I accept that it's my fault. But that doesn't do anything. You can recognize that you're wrong. But if you don't ask for forgiveness, it doesn't do anything. I can say I'm a sinner. But if I don't repent from my sins... I can't have a relationship with God if I don't give my life to Christ. I, 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 is that, is that, does that make sense? Recognizing that we have made a mistake doesn't do it. You have to ask for forgiveness 
to the Lord and fix it. Because God is the God of second chances, people. It's us who are not ready to ask for forgiveness because our pride is more important to us. How are we going to put ourselves down like that? The sailors, when he said that, the sailors were like, no. If we kill this guy, then his God is going to kill us. Look at what the sailors did. Verse 13. Instead, the sailors, instead of throwing him overboard, the sailors row even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent. So they tried, they tried. Imagine the testimony this guy is giving to these sailors because of his bad decisions. Even non-believers understood. I mean, when you're going through adversity and storms, do you really understand God is trying to transform you? Because a lot of times we don't get that. And I've been preaching for four weeks, plus Paul came and preached one week. We've been preaching five weeks on adversities. And a lot of times we don't get that the adversity we're going through, what is God really trying to do in my life? Remember, one of the reasons, one of the reasons God brings adversity to your life is because He wants to deal with our pride. We said that in our first week. And here, non-believers understood that there was a purpose from God. Check this out. Verse 14. Then they cry out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they plead, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord. Check this. You have sent this storm upon him. These are non-believers. For your own, what? Your own good reasons. There is a reason, Lord, why you send this storm. They understood that. That's interesting. Because a lot of times, even though we know it over here, we don't live it with our lives. And again, it's probably an issue when, he, uh, when, when we have to make when we when we make mistakes, uh, and uh, verse 15 says, Then the sailors pick up Jonah, pick him up, and, and threw him into the, the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were shocked of the Lord's great power, it says in verse uh, 16. And they even offer him sacrifice and everything. Uh, but, but in verse 17, it's, it's interesting that in verse 17 he says, Okay, so the storm began in verse 4. The storm got worse in verse 11. Because he didn't repent, it went from bad to worse. Because he didn't repent, they threw him over, over, overboard. And now, it's just going to get even worse. Because he's not repenting. In verse 17, he says, The Lord had a wrench. He had arrangement with this fish. And he goes, For the great fish to swallow Jonah. And by the way, for those who always think it's been a whale, nobody knows what it was. It was just a big fish, okay? The Bible doesn't say it was a whale. But the Lord had arranged for the great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now, let me tell you one thing. This is just getting worse because of his bad decision. 
And a lot of times, things are just going to get worse as long as you don't turn around and ask God to forgive you and do the right thing. It's just going to get worse. The storm will affect you like this, spiritually, physically, mentally, and it will also affect you emotionally. When you're going through a tough time, does it affect you emotionally? Does it affect you mentally? Does it affect you physically? Of course it does. And all those three things will make it affect you physically. Because our physical problems are the 85% of our physical problems are the result of our spiritual, mentally, and emotional problems. Our physical problems come as a result, 85% of your physical and my physical problems come as a result of a spiritual, mentally, and emotional situation, adverse situation that we're experiencing in our lives. So what happened here? The storm will hit every part of your being. Don't doubt it. It will hit every part of your being because God wants to work in your whole being. Verse 3 of chapter 2. In chapter 2, verse 3, Jonah expresses the way he felt. Who did he express it to? He expressed it to the Lord. Look at what he says. He's like, okay, now I'm in the belly of the fish. And he's telling the Lord, you threw me into the ocean's depth. He asked for it. Isn't that interesting? Now he's telling the Lord, you threw me. Yeah, yeah, well, you asked for it, right? I sank down to the heart of the sea. How do you think Jonah, what Jonah is expressing here is how he feels. Because of his disobedience, he's feeling the pain. He, he's struggling with this. He's feeling the, he, he's, he's feeling the depression. He's feeling these negative uh, feelings in his life. The mighty waters engulfed me. The mighty waters surrounded me. So at some point, Jonah says, I felt like, I, 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 felt like I was dying, I was drowning. Let me ask you something. If you're honest with yourself, don't you feel drowning sometimes when you are going through big problems because of your own decisions? And a lot of times we just feel like, man, I feel like I'm drowning in this thing. And there's only one way out. We'll see it in a minute. I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. This is how he was feeling. All his emotions were... He, he had a bunch of mix of emotions as, as he was in the belly of that fish. He's feeling it. But where did it start? Let's go back to chapter 1 verse 1, right? It started where he got a clear command from God and did the opposite. The storm will heat every part of your being. And in verse 5 it says, I sank beneath the waves and the waters 
close over me. Check this out. I just want you to see how his thoughts, he couldn't think straight. That's what he's expressing here when he says seaweed wrap itself around my head. And it's like when you're going through these problems, when you're going through tough times because you made bad decisions, and now you're going through this storm, what you do is a lot of times you, you just don't know what you're thinking. Oh no, but, but, but our pride says, oh I'm thinking clearly. No, you're not. can't be thinking clearly if you're under the storm. It's impossible. While you're under the storm, while you're in the belly of the fish, you, your thoughts are all mixed up. Your only way out is saying, God, what do you want with me? How, how do I make this right, Lord? I already made a bad decision. Now let me make it right so I can get out of this situation. And, and so he's, he's telling God, he's expressing how he felt at the moment he was experiencing that. And in verse 6, the first part of verse 6, it says, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. No, he was in the belly of the fish. But this is how he felt. I'm feeling so down. I'm feeling so down because I feel lost. Because I'm confused. That's why seaweed is all over around me. I'm confused. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling like I'm drowning, Lord. And a lot of times the adversity is because we begin by making a bad decision. Watch what he says after that. I sent down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth. So many of us are prisoners of our own emotions. So many of us can get out of that jail, that prison, if we just ask God for forgiveness. There's no worse thing than when we are prisoners of our own emotions. There's no worse thing than that. Because we live our lives according to our emotions and not according to the truth of God's Word. And we let our emotions guide our lives instead of letting God do that with us. And we become prisoners. I was in prison in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. He felt like he was never going to get out of that problem. Not amazing. He felt like, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm in trouble. I'm never getting out of it. I don't know if you ever felt that way. But I can share with you that a few years ago, I went through three years in my life, the three worst years in my life, where I fall into the pre- I fell into depression. And, and a lot of people came up to me and said, but you're a pastor, how can you have depression? A lot of people don't understand also you know that 42% of pastors died of heart attacks? 
Because a lot of times people don't know the way they put on their pastors. And a lot of times when you go, besides having a pastoral ministry, you have your own life. You have your family. You have this. You have that. You have a bunch of things on you. And a lot of times, you know, people don't believe. Well, remember, there was a prophet who wanted to kill himself. He was depressed. Remember Elijah? Depression is a real thing, people. We just need to learn how to deal with it as Christians. I find people all the time saying, Well, no, no, in the name of the Lord, that's going to go away. Just pray. No, it's not going to go away. You need to deal with it. You need to find help. You need to find a person who's going to come next to you and is going to encourage you and is going to be there with you and is going to walk the way with you. Don't think you're all that because you're not. Sorry if I hurt you. But I'm telling you the truth. And it's not my truth. It's God's truth. But so many times, you have no idea what I went through for three years. And I have been a soldier. And I thought I was tough. But the things that I went through, I don't desire those things on anybody. Then Jonah said, finally I got it. I finally got it. I got to pray to the Lord. That's the way out of this problem. I got to pray to the Lord. I got to repent and show true repentance and turn around my life and obey. Then Jonah prayed, chapter 2, verse 1. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. So whatever situation you're in, Pray to the Lord and be sincere with the Lord. Put your feelings aside and be sincere with the Lord. See yourself how God sees you, not how you see yourself. You will always deceive yourself. See yourself how God sees you. He said, I cry out to the Lord in my great trouble. And He answered me. I call to you from the land of the dead, and the Lord, and Lord, you hurt me. It was so simple. The way I was simple, the way I was easy. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He had to go through the regular storm, to the worst storm, to the belly of the fish. He had to go through a bunch of things before he finally put his pride down and ask for forgiveness. Verse 6 in chapter 2, it says, But you, O Lord, the second part of chapter 6, is uh, verse 6, it says, But you, O Lord, my God, snatch me from the jaws of death. So he felt he was dying in all this. You, you took me out of there. The way out of the storm, you create for yourself. Is genuine repentance. Genuine repentance. Verse 7, it says, As my life was slipping away, I remember the Lord. Remember where Peter was sinking? What did Peter do when he was sinking? Lord, save me. Save me. The storm was necessary to change his life. 
And not just his life. The storm was necessary to change his attitude towards God. And towards others too. Because he had a bad attitude towards the Ninevites. And if God allows a storm in your life because of your own bad choices, trust me when I say God also wants you. He wants to change your attitude towards God and towards people. Especially those who you don't like. Verse 8, it says that those who worship false gods, this is Jonah finally getting to to his senses. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you. Now he wants to be obedient. He knows that the key to get out of the belly of the fish, to get out of the adversity, the key to get out of the storm is to be obedient to the Lord. Now I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill my vows. I will obey you, Lord. I will. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Nobody else. Don't go look for salvation on people. Don't go look for salvation on things. It only comes from the Lord. And here is the best thing. Remember what what adversity is? We answered that question on our first message. Adversity is a transformational process. That God allows in your life. How is God trying to transform you? And and maybe you're holding back. Or or does He need to throw you in the belly belly of the fish? What do you need to go through? So I always say this, and I'll finish with this. There are Christians who live a Christian life. They go through the process like this. And then once in a while, a little hiccup, and they keep on going. They keep... But there are Christians that live life like this. Which of the two is you? Is this your life, a roller coaster? Or is this your life? Which one it is? God is going to get you where He wants to get you. one way or another por las buenas o por las malas one way or another he'll get you there believe me he'll get you there verse 10 then the Lord he saw the sincereness you want to get out of the belly of the fish this is all you got to do ask for forgiveness then the Lord ordered ordered the fish to spit Jonah out Onto the beach. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your message, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to understand your word. To understand, Lord, that when we don't listen to your clear commands, when we disobey purposely, When we don't do what we're supposed to do. When we let ourselves be guided by our hearts. And not by your word. 
we can easily bring the storm into our lives. And if still we don't understand, we'll go to the belly of the fish and go through all these struggles unnecessarily because we bring adversity to our own lives. Lord, forgive us and help us that we will understand your desire, your will, your word. That we will understand and that we will have the strength to obey you and to walk according to your desires and not our own. Lord, forgive us for making those decisions based in our fleshly desires and not in your desire for our lives. We pray and we trust you, Lord. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, Amen.